Hello. This is a preview of my conversation with David Broder on the political context of post-war Italy and how it relates to Numberto Bobbio. If you want to hear the full conversation, sign up on our Patreon for $3 a month. Uh, connecting back to Numberto Bobbio, you mentioned the Action Party, um, and which was involved in the resistance, and that's kind of, in our discussion, we mentioned how he's kind of considered what is sometimes called a liberal socialist. Um, and he kind of saw himself, my understanding is, as someone who was trying to kind of mediate these between these different socialist groups. And he was very invested in the idea of maintaining the kind of liberal Republican tradition and a certain kind of, you know, state sphere and while maintaining personal private rights and that kind of thing. Um, can can you speak a little bit more to how, uh, if you know a little bit more about how liberal socialism as a, uh, I don't like using this term too over generally, but kind of as an ideological force saw itself and um, how, because I think, you know, in the U.S., to talk about liberal socialism, if you're someone who's uh, kind of more properly a leftist um it might sound just like, you know, kind of like Bernie Sanders or something like that. It, you might just think of kind of uh, democratic socialism in the contemporary sense. Um, or you might think it might speak more broadly to kind of like, you know, general terms for left populism or something like that. Um, and I mean, I certainly don't know what would distinguish them or if there were big distinguishing factors or something that really defined how 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 they separated themselves from say, uh, even if they were definitely separate from the communist party, uh, Marxist communist party, I don't know how they saw themselves as distinguished from say the PSI, um, or other kind of democratic socialist parties. Um, so could you speak, a, do you know a little bit more about what, how the action party th saw themselves in this kind of situation? Yeah. So, I mean, the, I mean, two two things I'd say to to start off with. Uh, firstly, that the uh, the meaning of liberalism in Italian political history is particularly. Uh, I think Perry Anderson mentions it in the in the the essay, um, the affinities of of Roberto uh, Bobbio. That the liberalism is uh, is kind of all things to all people in Italian history, and it is also kind of strangely absent, uh, in the sense that. Um, if we think of the um, sort of um, sort of centrist uh, common sense in Italy now, it's always kind of like, oh, if only we had a developed liberal tradition, it's never really existed. Uh, and at the same time, if you look at the history of Italy after national unification in the 1860s, um, up to World War One, you have a certain kind of liberal uh, hegemony, but in different very different forms. So um, on the one hand, it can be this kind of providential um, sort of liberty, uh, sort of history is the progress of liberty, the sort of heroic uh, bourgeoisie, uh, or perhaps also kind of drawing on things like Giuseppe Mazzini uh, and uh, his role in the, the struggle for national independence and unification. And yet liberalism is also the bourgeois politicking of like Giovanni Giolitti in the period of World War One. He was Italy's leading statesman at that time. 
um, and it's like a, a byword for uh, an extremely elite and undemocratic form of parliamentary politics and horse trading. Um, of course, the liberalism of this period uh, isn't like you know, mass parties or mass politics, but uh, talking about sort of parliamentary factions. Um, then the other thing I'd say is that, as a sort of very general historical premise, is that um, in Italy there's a very strong uh, tradition from the late 19th century of kind of um, a kind of non-Marxist socialism, but which is an idea of kind of like um, uh, so, so it is uh, like a kind of idea of like the rational and um, the rational state which will raise up the uh, the society from its backwardness. Um, and so you have um, a certain kind of um, um, prevalence in um, sort of university milieus of something uh, akin to the German Cathedra uh, Socialisten. Um, they're sort of like uh, reformers and uh, programmers and, and so on who have nothing to do with like Marxism or the workers movement but who would call themselves socialist uh, in the sense of of wanting a resolution of the social problem a harmonious society uh, this is also why a lot of the early socialist literature in Italy it, are actually kind of stuff like works of like criminology mm. um, it's like yeah social problems um, so the specific uh, idea of mixing liberalism and socialism uh, has several different uh, sort of sources, and, and the Action Party, which only really existed during the resistance, uh, from four, so basically it was founded as a party in '43 at the beginning of 1943 at the beginning of the resistance, uh, and then in 1947 it uh, dissolves, uh, having done very poorly in the first post-war elections. Uh, the Action Party draws on several different sort of streams of, of, of thinkers. So, so one among those, for instance, would be uh, Piero Gobetti, uh, who was um, he was a young intellectual who was killed by the fascists in 1926, aged only, uh, I believe, only 23, uh, but who had collaborated with uh, Antonio Gramsci's Ordine Nuovo in uh, Turin uh, in the aftermath of World War One. Uh, where in 1919 to 20, uh, you have uh, widespread factory occupations. And so the Gobetti kind of stream of liberal socialism is kind of like uh, quite close to something that you might call libertarian socialism uh, in the sort of Anglophone countries in the sense of like um, it's uh, a socialism of self-managed enterprises of you know workers taking over the factories and the peasant and the land to the peasants kind of thing. So it's like a, a kind of not uh, um, a Marxist socialism, but it shares some kind of Gramscian themes in terms of like you, you build a real democracy by putting the subaltern sort of in charge of their own um, their own organisations, their own sort of um, spaces they they inhabit in society. So so it's a kind of like a grassroots democracy through which you'll build build a new leaders at all levels of society. Um, but then other other um, figures, for example, um, there's a group in um, uh, and liberal socialism has developed over the 20s and 30s, mainly among exiles in in Paris, 
Um, so if we take, for example, uh, Aldo Capitini, uh, he's much more of a, a, a sort of a left, leftish liberal uh, of a sort of uh, Bertrand Russell uh, type. Um, so I mean, Bobby or himself, um, and also of course, there's, there's the, the Rosselli brothers who were um, founders of the Justice and Liberty movement uh, in the late twenties, um, and they were also uh, killed by uh, the fascists in French exile. Um, and these, these, um, you know, Bobby or himself sort of th- uh, theorizes the distinction between uh, liberal socialists uh, who are basically socialists who uphold um, uh, sort, of, um, sort of liberal political rights in a way which Marxist socialists don't. And then there's uh, liberal uh, social, uh, liberal social, no, sorry, which is it's the other way around. Uh, then there's, um, <laughs> because it, uh, in Italian, the uh, adjective and the noun go the other way around anyway. Um, yeah, so there's like, um, basically there's like, um, liberal socialism as uh, as socialism with the uh, defense of uh, liberal rights, and then there's kind of social liberalism. You might translate it, which is more like um, liberalism, but which also takes into account the like the reality of the growth of the workers' movement and the social question. Um, so uh, Bobby calls the one the right wing of socialism, and the other the left wing of liberalism. Um, and the Action Party, which is the second biggest party in the resistance, is the kind of fusion of these um, of, of these forces. Um, and it basically, I mean, the, the problem of the Action Party is that it has uh, uh, extremely strong support and among intellectuals um, disaffected with the fascist regime and with the, the anti-fascist um, milieu in exile. Um, there's a, a quite strong competition between it and the communists for uh, leadership among uh, those kind of layers I mentioned. Um, you know, in certainly, you know, like say during the time of the Hitler-Stalin pact, um, the, the sort of liberal socialist current is much more able to to, to draw uh, those kind of figures to its side. Uh, but the, the the basic problem of the Action Party is that it didn't have a it's like in clandestine conditions or organizing among intellectuals, among exiles and so on. It was it had a relatively strong uh, appeal, but it's just not able to do mass politics. So like in the in the uh, factory strikes and so on during the resistance or uh, land occupations and so on, it doesn't have the kind of uh, common touch that the communists have uh, at all. Um, and Bobby or kind of later sort of lampoons the party as saying like, well, we're just a bunch of moralists and planners. Uh, we're, we're not. It wasn't a real uh, mass political party. Um, but nonetheless, the, the fact that this force existed and that it has important martyrs, as I mentioned, Gobetti, uh, the Rosselli brothers, and so on, makes it this. It, it's always a kind of. Um, uh, it, there's a, a very strong myth built up around this force because it's like if only Italy could have had a real uh, reformist uh, socialist party rather than what it did have which was a dominant uh, conservative Christian Democrat party and then the opposition being a a party of, of basically Stalinist origins um, 
so yeah so so bobby um was uh you know from this party after the end of the resistance he kind of withdrew uh for a while at least from frontline uh political activism um and but i, I think kind of quite typical of a uh, quite typical of the 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 course of the um action party um or sorry rather kind of continuing on from the tradition of the action party is the fact that bobby and people like him they they don't become like strongly anti-communist they mm-hmm. they basically in the post-war situation w- although there is very intense anti-communism in in society and obviously from the church and so on uh, and actually something i should have said which is part of the the roots of liberal socialism is a is a kind of strong uh, secularist um uh, uh, sort of bent um so there's people like gaetan or salvemini who's like a one of the leaders of the kind of uh, the, the socialist party in the south of italy but it's like very much attached to these um circles and and so he has this kind of idea of like socialism and liberalism kind of fuse in this kind of cleaning up of the state a modern democracy where rights are guaranteed and the church just kind of you know stops being at this like overbearing presence um you know so so the the thing with bobbio is after the war is that even though he's very critical of of like stalinism and you know the, the communist party of the immediate post-war years certainly was very stalinist um he nonetheless sees the pci as the privileged interlocutor so he has this famous uh, line, which is like, neither with the communists nor without them. You know, like, he, it's like he can't be like in the party because that would just be shutting himself up. But nonetheless, they are the, you know, they uh, that party and the workers it represents are the subject of social change to which he relates. I hope you enjoyed this brief preview. Again, if you want to hear the full conversation, you can sign up for $3 a month on our Patreon. David Broger has a book that just recently came out on the rise of far-right populism in Italy titled First They Took Rome. It's available through Verso Books, and you can check it out in the show notes for this episode. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time.